0: You did kill men back in Philly, didn't you? Did you do it for money, or did you do it because you
1: enjoyed it? Joey did. Both. I didn't. Tom Stahl didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: God. Oh, my God. like some multiple personality schizoid. It's like flipping a switch back and forth for you.
1: I never expected to see Joey again. Oh, yeah, Joey.
0: What, was he in hiding? Was he dead? I thought he was. I thought I killed Joey Cusack. I went out to the desert and I killed him. Oh, my God. I spent
1: three years becoming Tom Stall. But you have to know this. I wasn't really born again until I met you.
0: I was nothing. I don't believe you. I can't get I this happening. I can't believe this is fucking happening. You didn't grow up in Portland. And you never talk about your adopted parents because you don't have any.
1: In our name,
0: Jesus Christ, my name. Jack's name. Sarah's name. Stall. Tom Stall.
1: Did you just make that up? Where did that name come
0: from? It was available.
2: Three men will risk it all to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your hosts Eric Branstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy coming to a speaker near you right now. Good evening and welcome to the latest edition of the Cinema 9 Podcast. It's a film podcast where we review movies. Generally, movies that are five years or older. I think the most recent film we've done is eight or nine years. So, you know, there's no, there's no bar, but we do like films from the past. That's why our main segment is Does It Hold Up? So welcome in. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much. If you're watching live, we appreciate your time and energy. Today, it's gonna be a history of violence will be the main focus of the show. But before we get to that, Let's talk to our co host our pals, Travis Roy. Hello, Travis. Good evening. Welcome. Detroit. How is Detroit today?
0: Detroit is good. I, I presently have three cop cars and two fire trucks parked outside the front of my house. Um, cool. that have been really quiet so far. So uh, let's hope they continue to be. I don't know what's going on with any of my neighbors, but I I hope everything's okay. And uh, if <laughs> you hear a bunch of crazy by for something horrible, <laughs> there has been some honking and, and that kind of stuff. So if you hear anything, that's what's going on. You know as much as I do now. But that's I'm, other than that. I'm yeah. I'm doing.
1: We'll keep our fingers crossed. Nothing <laughs> terrible happens. There's a SWAT team outside my door, hoping they don't hey! break it in. But uh, no, it's definitely going show. on.
0: Like it. It <laughs> like. I think the next house over. Not, I mean, not to. I'm not sure, but it's somewhere in this near vicinity, anyway. But yeah, it ain't me. About society or something.
2: Yeah, that's cool. That's society. Well, I hope everybody. I hope the neighbors are doing well. Uh, Eric Brandstrom, you are back with us after your hiatus last week, which was for private business, private matters. Private you are band. now somebody are, who's yeah, known as a father. So, <laughs> what is exactly. it like? What's it like I'm being back a father? now?
1: I'm back now. I, I got a feeling I'll be able to watch a lot more movies because literally this routine when you have a baby is you feed it. And uh, it sleeps, and then you do that again, like, every hour. So I'll just Mm -hmm. be uh, sitting around watching movies.
0: That sounds awesome. Everybody I've talked to who had kids, they go on and on about how much more free time they have for, like, things like movies. Cool. (laughs) 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 Yeah, well,
2: I'll tell you. You know, sometimes you can watch movies, and sometimes you can't. So it's up to you. If you can find the time to introduce movies to your child's life, I think that's a blessing. You can share that together, and then as she gets older, the more movies you can watch together.
0: So oh, yeah. as a, as a cinephile, Eric, and also you know congratulations in person. But um, what films are you thinking already about introducing your your daughter to when she We're gets a little do older?
1: Cronenberg's complete filmography by age five, starting with Crash. The uh, the sexploitation, whatever the hell, what is what, what yes. is Crash? Have you ever even seen it?
0: Yeah, it's yes. fantastic, actually. Oh, I've,
1: I've never seen it's it, good uh, movie, I'm really yeah. curious.
0: Yeah, uh, no, we're
1: we're going classic. Uh, <laughs> it's it's Spielberg Lucas, it's all 80s stuff like I grew up with. I'm gonna force her to have uh, my opinions. Uh, don't parents do that usually?
0: That's pretty yeah. much the whole point of having yeah. kids, from what I hear. Okay, see if right. you could turn That's on her heart light. That. <laughs> turn on your heart light. Let it, ooh, let it, yeah, so we're
2: talking Neil Diamond before the show. Now yep. Heartlight is stepping head. Yes, it's, Neil Diamond got screwed, man. I mean, he wrote a good song. Uh, <laughs> he's I feel fine. like he's made a lot of money though. So
1: yeah, he's he's just fine. Yep,
2: it's hey, all about publishing. That publishing money. That. It's crucial. What about Anyways, you? Mike? Yeah. Any children? Uh, uh, How you doing any kids around here? Anybody? <laughs> any new additions uh, to the family? No, 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 no additions to the family quiet around here, the neighbors moved out, so now I'm truly alone back here. And I admit my paranoia has gone up a little bit over the last couple of days because I'm truly alone back here, utterly alone. There's it's, at night, this place is it's intense, man. It's, there's nothing. I'm in Livonia, but there's just nothing around here. It's, it's weird. So, hm. uh, and there's a lot of snow. It's a real pain in the ass to get to my car now because there's a long, it's a long sidewalk that no one will ever shovel.
0: So, yeah, but let's not start complaining about our problems with the snow. I mean, no? I mean, there are people, yeah, well, I'm just saying there's some folks that got bigger problems than uh, getting to the car. <laughs> I didn't
1: even know uh, you were talking about well, Google well, Texas.
0: My, my whole family right now in West Virginia, they're almost all in the same house, which isn't great for COVID. But I mean, there, there's like three or four households that are that are together because there's only, my aunt is the only one that has power and everybody has, else is not, they've had like power for like, mm, like uh, two days out of the last 13 or something like that and broken up. Oh, so wow. yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah, it sounds fucking awful. So uh if you're one of those people that somehow is hearing this without power, <laughs> or if you hear it later, we're pulling for you. We are. Yeah. We got you.
2: Hey, just like Tom Stahl, we would dig you out of the snow if we could. I know Tom Stahl would. He's a good guy.
0: He's a community minded or uh, like individual, you know. Yeah.
2: Every time uh it says Tom Stahl, I think of Nick Stahl immediately. And then I think of that gross <laughs> ass yellow face getting his
0: balls busted <laughs> open. Never the once crossed bastard. my mind. Yeah, you know, the yellow yeah. bastard. Never never crossed my <laughs> mind.
2: Nick <laughs> Stahl's <laughs> taking a lot of risks in his career, and I think about it. You know, he was in Bully, which is a very vulgar oh, film. He my was God. the yellow he, bastard. I mean, are you
0: kidding me again with the bully? I mean, like is this, this is just the new Paul Schrader. Like every fucking really episode, we talk about Nick <laughs> Stahl. Ta- Tom
2: Stahl was a character, never, so I thought of Nick Stahl.
0: And I refuse to watch it until you stop bringing it up for at least four episodes. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, you don't love Larry Clark either. so I fucking hate Larry Clark. <laughs> See? See? Well, that's that's fine. We all bring our own opinions of this show. You're welcome to bring something new to the show anytime on the Cinema I'll up, Podcast. I'll
0: bring up Mordecai a few dozen more times, so that's fine. Yeah. It's all well, fair. that's fine. Turn
2: on your
1: hot light. Woo-hoo!
2: All right, so this is the Cinnamon Eye Podcast. Cinnamon Eye Pod at ProTimeMail.com. Send us an email about your current movie woes. Are you kind of stuck in a rut? Feel like you haven't seen a good movie in a while? Need some suggestions? Well, this is the perfect place for you. We always give you quarantine viewing picks every week. And with that, Travis Roy, why don't you lead us in to this week's choices
0: i'm going to but i want to real quickly do a shout out since we 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 thanked uh, we we greeted eric but we didn't thank luke properly for uh for his fantastic job he did last week yeah quick shout out to luke uh and also you know kudos to both you and he for not plugging your podcast folks check out is it safe the podcast featuring luke Horlbeck and mike govier and some other gentlemen i don't know but it's uh and available wherever you listen to podcasts And it's uh, it's just you know just a meaty dive into any random subject with some with some interesting dudes and that's some true. other quick notes real quick uh, about last episode one wow. Luke and I were both correct about golden hour and magic hour the terms are used interchangeably I was incorrect it is Bill Nye that's it not Nye he. I was I was wrong it's just Bill Nye wow. uh, the the Y is silent and Can't lastly Derek Chanfranche is in oh. fact. To Derek, see in France. See
1: in France. Yeah, see in, in
0: France. Cool. All right, so I, I figured I should. Right, so. Yeah, I figured I should do a little homework. So if <laughs> so if that me.
1: director is he's telling you he's going to Paris, you can say, "Hey, Derek, see you in France." Hey.
0: Uh, All
1: those audio clips, and I don't even get a rim <laughs> shot. laughing. They're laughing. Thank hey. you, Travis. I'll laugh?
0: So. Uh, All right. So I watched some movies. I see. I watched the biggest fucking turd of a <gasps> shitty movie I've seen in a long time because I thought, oh, "Hey, you know, uh, I really have been underplaying um, um, R- Bob Duval." And after after we did Falling Down recently, I figured I'd watch Wild Horses, one of the only other movies he's directed. <laughs> if you guys like have heard of this movie, this is this is one of the worst movies I've I've seen. Like it's just in, like incredibly bad. Um, mm-hmm. So, and his wife co-stars. And it's just, James Franco, it's really, really, really bad. So don't watch that. Um, I finally watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I don't know why I never watched it before. I think I kind of, I I kind of just like, I don't know. I don't know what's happened with me with with the Coen brothers. I love the Coen brothers, all the early stuff. But like, for some reason, I I just waited years on this. I sat on it for years and I didn't like think, oh, fuck that. I was just not that interested. And I watched it. What'd you think? I mean, like, you know, it was uneven. It had some real highs and some real lows um yeah I, I mean i wouldn't watch it over and over again but there's some there's some parts that you know that were pretty good um i watched jesus and the black messiah you know uh two real talented leads here you know uh i think that both these guys uh, daniel could K- K- i'm gonna try it i'm gonna try it daniel Kaluya. kaluuya, kaluuya. And, uh, and, and Lakeith Stanfield, both are like some real promising up and comers. And I, you know, there's been some Oscar talk for this and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I mean, like there, Eric, you you and I both talked already. Like there's a, there's a trend for a little bit of a spoiler here. There's a trend lately in cinema where I'm seeing like a lot of performers, like in unnecessary makeup. That's just distracting. You guys, you guys get what I'm saying with this?
1: Oh my gosh. Like a fucking Star Trek villain. old Marty.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, the same thing happened with Jared Leto and Little Things, and like I mean, sometimes makeup can be good, but like if you're like in this case, Marty Sheen is playing uh Jagger Hoover, but like <laughs> I'm a historian of the 20th century. I know what Jagger Hoover looks like, but I but like honestly, like I I don't know if you walked if he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know that I'd necessarily recommend him, Re- i recognize him because he was he has such a long career that he looks so different throughout his career. But like, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck what he looks like? If you're gonna distract me with his rubber nose, it's like it's like it's like De Niro in Irishman. Like no one knew that that dude had blue eyes. We don't need you to have these distracting ass eye contacts into the whole fucking movie. <laughs> That's my rant. Anyway, so,
1: someone described him online as looking like a a melted candle. It's perfect. <laughs>
0: It's awful. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I'm sorry for the rant, but I got that out of the way. But Jesus and the Black Messiah was, was definitely worth checking out. Uh, I'm a Michael Showalter fan. I'm a fan of all things The State. I've watched uh, Hello, My Name is Doris that he directed starring um, Sally Field, oh, which was okay. real, a real sweet little film. I would recommend checking that out. I checked out the uh, the Framing Dude. Britney Spears documentary everyone's talking oh, about. Yeah, I
1: wanted to see that. Uh,
0: you know, I'm not a fan of her music, but I am a fan of her and uh, freedom, so pulling for her on that one um i watched uh yeah Fresh. i uh <laughs> i watched down the shore i realized I've, I've got to catch up on my gandolfini movies there's a few gandolfini flicks i'd never seen and this movie down the shore stars him and famka jansen and, and like it's it's got some it's got a feel to it that's it's on tubi right now it's got a little bit like of a like an art like a student film feel it's a little bit not great in some ways there's some actors in it like one of the one of the producers and one of the actors and you can kind of like tell that he probably he doesn't fit in with the rest of them that kind of stuff in terms of the caliber of acting but it was an interesting movie if you're if you're a Gandolfini fan this was a somewhat different kind of story uh it for being a slice of life picture and very somber, very somber. Uh, you saw this yeah I
1: recommended it a couple of months ago it's it's a good uh, acting showcase, but very yeah, somber, just a little limp in the story. and the name. yeah,
0: yeah, I wouldn't necessarily yeah. recommend it if you're not like kind of a hardcore Gandolfini fan. Um, um. Uh, yeah, so like it's worth seeing, I, but not fantastic. Uh, I watched the Discovery uh, uh, follow up to uh, the one I love. Uh, the discovery. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I had been kind of craving some Jason Siegel because he's so selective in his choices lately. Uh, and I wasn't ready to plop down the 20 bucks to watch Your Friend, although I am looking forward to, to seeing that. So I watched The Discovery on Netflix finally, and it made me think and I thought about it after. And sometimes I'm like, this is kind of a stretch. But um, it, it, was, it was worth seeing. It was, it was pretty good. Last but not least, and I'll wrap it up. Uh, the the big win of the week for me was Nocturnal Animals. I had not seen that. Um, I obviously had heard things. Oh, I, I really didn't know. I really didn't know what to expect with this movie. I kind of got. I get it and Velvet Buzzsaw mixed up in my head because it's like the art yeah. world and it's and it's Gyllenhaal. Um, wow, you know Aaron. What's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, really, really impressive role. Uh, definitely the best thing I've seen him do yet. And overall, just a really. Satisfying and unique movie, and I wish I'd watched it sooner. That's that's what I got. Hmm.
1: Amy um, Adams, Amy Adams, yeah, absolutely,
0: yeah, she's fantastic in it. But uh, everybody, is, I mean, this is, the whole
1: Michael Shannon's unfucking believable in
0: The it. story, yeah, he is. The story within the story is not super original, but the but the but the uniqueness of the way they twist it all together is just so. I can't think of a movie quite like it.
1: Yeah, Tom Ford is awesome, man. Did you see a single man? There's one before
0: that with colin Firth. i i'm aware of it but a i think awesome
1: yeah it's really good. garbage garbage tom ford really gets good. shit on a lot and the nocturnal really animals
2: was dumped upon by a lot of people but hey you know oh
1: well i'm glad I you it. watched it
2: i haven't seen Great it so film. i can't comment but i look forward to the day where i can sit down and watch it thank you for the lovely lovely suggestions travis really appreciate that
1: <laughs> okay
2: eric bradstrom in Griffith, indiana what the hell you've been watching with your brand new <laughs> lovely lady.
1: Ever since a friend of the show, Jim, sent me a YouTube link to the Royal Rumble in 1992, <laughs> WWF, I, I can't explain myself. I've had this insatiable appetite for, like, early 90s WWF. Oh I, there, for, like, five straight days, that's all I did was watch old WrestleManias and Royal Rumbles and legendary matches like Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, uh, oh the boy. ladder match. I, I can't explain myself. I just could not I, I, I got a little worried. I was like, I, I literally have to cut myself off. I'm going to watch this one match, and then that's it. I'm not going to watch anything else on YouTube. Uh, so after that fiasco, which was fun, uh, I took another look at uh, Masters of the Universe from 1987, our old favorite, okay. Franklin Frank Langella's Skeletor. What do you mean? Oh, my God. So very long. Come on, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Listen, Why? we're it's- post-Star Wars, but we're pre- 1989's Batman, which set the standard for comic book fantasy adaptations. And as far as I'm concerned, aside from the hokey stuff with Courtney Cox and Earth, the costume design, the production Get design. Get the fuck the ternier, out of here, dude. Or- what?
2: Come on. Look- don't try to even legitimize this film.
1: I le- I completely legitimize it. I think there's a lot of strong factors here. Langella's fucking awesome as Skeletor, a Shakespearean tone. Come on. Well,
0: I think Langella is awesome as Skeletor. I think the movie stands as being unique and interesting, but more as a cultural artifact. Like it's fucking terrible and it's nothing like the it's source material. It's really yeah. just inexplicable. It's like bizarrely yeah. bad and weird, but True. that's part of its charm.
1: I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying I like the costumes. I like the production design. Attorney looked cool. Uh, I'm saying
2: it's good. good. That's easy. you said overall, despite the Courtney Cox storyline and all that bullshit. I mean it's so Look, fucking I'm a fan garbage. Of I'm hey, a
0: fan and hiding, Mike. Come out and be strong. It's just it's like
2: the Transformer it. series. This is disservice to source yeah. materials where things could be, they don't have to be rewrites like word for word or shot for shots cartoon remakes. They just have to include the storyline and take us somewhere new with actual characters, not make up fucking Gwildor ruins everything. There's <laughs> no Gwildor. That's what ruins it the most, man.
0: You know that character you like? We're going to make a character kind of like that character, but not as good as that character and not (laughs) give you the other character. We're going to put in
2: the effort and we're going to do like makeup and shit, but it's not going to be the guy you know. It's just going to be some asshole we made. We've
0: talked about this before in the show. This is retrod territory. Let's move on. This is retrod
1: territory. Okay. I I watched another adaptation of some classic source material, the Sonic the Hedgehog film.
0: Hmm. What'd you think?
1: I dug it. I really dug it. I you know I was hearing great things so I kind of, my, I went in kind of with high expectations oh, so I and came out God. just kind of liking it. I fucking was laughing out loud at Jim Carrey and like when I saw that first trailer I was like, "Dude, what are you doing? What what are you doing? It's over. You're doing this shit. He's funny in it."
0: It's one of the best I things dug the film. in the years. Yeah.
1: I dug the film. I took a look at Ethan Hawke's directorial debut Blaze. It's on Netflix. It's about kind of a unknown uh country music country western singer Blaze Foley who passed away in 1989 not very good it's kind of it's it's very overconfident it, it thinks it's a lot better than it is the story there's not much there and it's like overly directed and like it just looks like a commercial for like a like Hallmark uh not too good even though i love my boy Ethan Hawke um, I posted about Falling, Vigo yeah, Morrison's I, directorial debut.
0: I watched that too and I forgot to mention. Would you? Would, yeah. I read your thing. Go ahead, but then I got, I'd like to chime in.
1: While I was watching that, I, I, I liked it. I haven't really thought about it since. It was a little, now that I look back on it, it was a bit too casual with its messages, but strong acting. And Vigo fucking composed the score, directs Viggo! Animals, So So I do applaud his effort.
0: Yeah, um I, I thought I've thought about it a lot since I watched it actually. Have you? Mostly you I thought about his direction, which is I which surprised me, but like um I think that like you know his it would have been I was expecting like kind of an airy artsy kind of like too much thing. Like I would expect Ethan Hawke to have too uh, heavy a hand. yeah,
1: uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, he a, definitely okay. did. Okay. As a um as a um as a director. But but Vigo was you know very restrained, very beautiful shots and like uh, just I mean like as you I agree well acted. I wouldn't mind seeing Lance Henriksen get an, an Oscar nom for this thing to be honest with you. Yeah yeah he's, he's pretty close. Uh, Dodson
1: we've got Dodson here. Dodson yeah see nobody cares. See, nobody cares. To look like a secret?
0: Here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also took a look at Judas and the Black Messiah. But the one issue I had aside from the horrific uh, makeup on Marty Sheen was. Oh. Um, when you look at the the character of William O'Neill, a really tragic figure, who was the informant, is that a spoiler? Eugene uh, This O'Neill? was a seventeen. No, uh, William O'Neill, really? was oh, a character oh. in the movie. I I had to dig it up, but the, the real fellow was seventeen when all this went down. Man, and Lakeith Stanfield, fucking incredible actor. He's in you know his his third late yeah, twenties. Yeah. I would have yeah. thought if you actually had a. It was essentially, a kid playing that role that would have upped the tension and the consequences. No, I agree. Than they did.
0: Daniel uh, Kalia, But other than that, yeah. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya is, but he's also like a 35 year old man, and Fred Hampton yeah. is 21. So Yeah, like, that's
1: right. That's just, um, so if you would have had that little more age appropriate, it would have, for me, sent a much stronger signal about, you know, where our youth is now in terms of, uh, uh, these types of causes, stuff like that, but well-written, well-directed, especially for a you know first-time fucking filmmaker. This guy was on fire. reminded me of the early Hughes Brothers film.
0: He's, it's his second film. He's, he had an earlier oh, I'm film sorry, from like 10 years before. I'd ever seen it, but just from his IMDb.
1: <laughs> my, big, my big recommendation of the week before I go was uh, Malcolm Marie. Uh, Malcolm and Marie on Netflix. Uh, oh. John David Washington and Zendaya are fucking, Zendaya. Fan, Zendaya. fucking Zendaya. fantastic. Zendaya in the movie. Uh, This director's follow-up from Assassination Nation, which is getting a lot of buzz. I got to see it. Uh, Really strong acting, Mike. Um, A great palate cleanser from Tenet, because the dude, let's be honest, he didn't have much of anything to do except try to say these lines with a straight face in Tenet. (laughs) He puts on a fucking tour de force in this. Still haven't
2: seen it yet. All right. Easy.
1: Okay, Mike. And that's it. Hey, before
2: we move on from you, can you give us a quick Synopsis since you weren't here of the place beyond the pines? What you feel Fucking about?
1: love it. I watched it uh I think two years ago. It was even better than the first time I saw it. I remember I literally turned it off and I turned to Angela and said, you know, I want to own this movie. I have to own this movie. <laughs> I love it, man. I the first time you see it, it it's so jarring when you cut you guys were right. You know, what was it, 10, 14 years later? That's always tough in movies, but when you give it a second or a third watch, you you fall right into it and it definitely plays out like you know, like Once Upon a Time in America or some of the old school epics that that's a little uh more palatable. I love The Place Beyond the Pines. It's fucking amazing. Oh, well, that holds sure. up. Yeah, holds definitely, up. Definitely, definitely.
2: There it is. Late vote, but it counts. I got to say, I watched it again. Uh I was like, oh, I got to see this again. So I watched it again and I was really oh. surprised. I didn't know what was going to happen at the end still, which is something I didn't mention on the show. But I was like,
1: oh, my God,
2: what's
0: happening? Is that good dead?
2: <laughs> and I didn't know. So uh, as far as buying the bike, though, I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb. But, <laughs> so. but I also took a look at the crying again that you brought up, Travis. And I, don't know. I mean, Eric, did you think his crying at the end, Bradley Cooper's crying, was not uh, – I don't subtle? remember
1: it being a problem. So next time I, I take a look, I'll, I'll notice. I, I don't it was- remember it being a problem.
0: He's better than the child actor in the beginning of uh, History of Violence, so I'll give him
1: that. (laughs) Wow, she's terrible.
0: It's called a teaser. I'm actually glad she's terrible because like it helps remind you that like that she's acting and this isn't really happening. Yeah, (laughs) that's true.
2: I'm glad you're dead. Uh, Okay, so yeah, Place Beyond the Pines. It's a good movie. I should think you should watch it on occasion. I watched a dumb movie that I saw in the theater. Oh. Called American Reunion, which is a fourth what? installment. Uh, technically, to me, it's the fourth installment of the American Pie series. I've never watched any of the ancillary like like there's all those National Lampoon side National yeah. Lampoon movies that I've never seen. I don't count those in the series. No. To me, there was American Pie, American Pie Two, American Wedding, and then American Reunion, which happened in 2012. And I remember going to the theater and being surprised, like, oh, this was a, I thought it was gonna be terrible, and I kind of liked it. I'm also a huge sucker for the series. I freely admit that reminds me of high school and hijinks and stupid shit. So <laughs> that's fine. You know, I, it can, it's got, I was thinking about how problematic, like, Stifler is now. <laughs> like, this
1: character
2: <laughs> is, I was thinking, I was going to post a tweet about, hey, did Stifler get me too And how many times did he get me too Because <laughs> this guy is oh. just the worst. I mean, it's so bad. Even eight years ago, when they did this one last time, oh God, it is not a good look i got to say, I don't even really know how to go from there, but it was awful. It was awful, and uh, it wasn't good. So I want okay. people to know that. I changed my mind
0: on that. Before. Very solemn. Hey, guys, yeah, turns out yeah, American Reunion is not good. Mike's yeah, here to yeah. let you know.
1: <laughs> I saw I the mean, first ju- one once. That's it. Yeah. I
2: remember when I lived at the Rod House, and everybody went to see the first one in the theater, and I stayed home because I didn't have any money. That was really funny. <laughs> And then everybody came home like, oh, dude, someday. And I was like, oh, such a loser. Very uh, anyways, let's bring this up a bit here. Let's bring this up. So I, uh, a fucking bummer. what a buzzkill this show has become. Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, I watched 19. Uh, nope, not that one. I watched the. Um,
1: Where's that list, I mean, Mike? You said you'd write them down. I know.
2: I can't see it. It's on the TV. I have two monitors here. I'm trying to look at it. There <laughs> it is. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I watched Dude, Where's My Car, which is a great movie. It's so underrated, okay. so underrated. Seriously, this movie, I I might bring this into the fold because like it holds up. It's actually ahead of its time, and you'd be shocked to hear that. But there's actually some impressive I'm pro, like gay rights stuff and trans stuff going on there. It's positive, like it's really cool. I was like, wow, this is oddly Fresh forward in. thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened to the director, but yeah. It's uh, it's also they're funny Ashton Kutcher and Sean William got together it's a good time I laughed I had a few laughs uh, I watch Cocktail I love watching Cocktail I just like <laughs> to throw it on I love throwing Cocktail on every Talk once in a while law. that's right I l- I wish I wish there was more <laughs> Brian Brown in that movie I want more <laughs> Brian Brown and less of the bullshit um, I think it would be a better movie but I never read the has anyone ever read the book. No, and <laughs> fuck you for
1: asking. No. Well, I thought <laughs> what kind of question is that?
2: Because I'm just wondering how ridiculous the movie is compared to the source material.
1: That, hold on, that is easily the most ridiculous question you've ever asked us in the history of this podcast. Anybody, you expected one or both of us to have no. read the book based on the film Cocktail?
0: I no no, no I, the Cocktail is based on a book. Believe it or not that that movie oh, is based on Yeah, yes, the book came first.
2: And both of the characters have Irish last names like Coughlin and Flanagan, which leads me to believe there's like a much more, like actual Irish American story going on in the original source material, and they just like said fuck it, whatever. We'll kind of have Brian Brown. You could think he has an accent, so he could be anybody, and then Brian Flanagan is just a Brian Flanagan. I don't know. It seems weird to me, but I'm actually curious in possibly reading it, and I'm not even
1: like joking. So please do do. let us know. I I got to update. Yeah. Now my my what explain the plot of cocktail for us
2: it's about you know having dreams and they're not coming true you know it's about it's about the people who are looking to make a quick buck versus the people who want to work hard to make their life the american dream it's about many directives of the american dream that's how
0: i see well could you get more out of watching that or an american tale
2: I don't know. I haven't watched American Time. Maybe I should yeah. fire that up and
0: do a comparison.
2: I'll do oh, an essay great. on both of both Solid them. Solid gold. All right. It's the Solid American Dream. Class. Fible's trying to live the American Dream. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. There are no cats in America. <laughs> it's a great song. Uh Cocktail doesn't have sure. a lot of great songs. There's a lot of eighties garbage music and there's a lot of assholes in it. Um and Elizabeth. Oh,
1: get
2: me? Elizabeth Shoe is just a beautiful <laughs> woman. So I don't Work have any problem It's and Lord, when she shows up again, and she'd been gone for so long, when she came back beautiful. in Hamlet 2, I was like, oh, it's so good to have you back, Elizabeth Shue. That was great to see her come back in a film. And they made fun of her. She made fun of herself. She seemed to have a really great sense of humor about herself. I pretty
0: so. much fell in love with her in that movie. I love
2: yeah, that. I agree. Uh, yeah. By the way, Chris Deary says that Tom Cruise has a great jump shot. And <laughs> That is true. He drains, I don't know if it's movie magic or not, but he drains like six shots in a row. It's pretty cool. Chris, have know, you read
0: I'm the sure. novel? I'm asked on a very <laughs> regular basis by my students if Ted Cruz is Tom Cruz's brother. Wow. Every time Ted Cruz comes up, it's like, no, Are my, you government, me? my government class. Like, no, he's, he's still not Tom Cruz's brother guys. <laughs> oh,
2: they, they both cruises have issues, but yeah, we'll leave it at that. I watched a million ways to die in the West. I remember I watched it when it came out and I hadn't seen it since. I'm like, I'm going to go back and watch this. Cause I really didn't like it when I watched you it. You wanted to like it though. Right? I did. I yeah. did. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about it now?
0: I, it, I, tr- I gave it a second shot, and I was like, well, well I shouldn't have done that."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seth MacFarlane on screen is just so strange. like to see him without a, car- a cartoon character on the screen and you actually see him, it's just it's just odd.
1: And yeah, I remember when he hosted the Oscars, it was like every joke just fizzled out. Like, oh,
2: well, no, I actually liked him as a host.
0: Yeah, I stand by that, too. I thought he did a good job as Oscar mm-hmm. host.
2: I liked him as a host, but as a like a main character driving a film as himself, truly, I don't know. He doesn't that was the have problem. That. He,
0: he should not have starred in a movie. Like, he needed yes. – you don't just throw him out he right in the, in the lead right off the bat. You make him like, you know, the, the best friend or whatever. Well, you know, it's after Ted, and they're
2: probably like, oh, dude, I can do this now. And, you know. Yeah, we all try to push the boundaries. I, I applaud the effort, but he just doesn't have that uh, panache on screen, in my opinion. So, But he does, you know, Ted and stuff's perfect. I like Family Guy. I always did, and I always will. So I don't care what anybody says. Okay. But The Million Ways Die in the West is a really great idea. It's just too bad he's the lead. Because all of the facts about how awful the West really was, and he starts to, like, bring that out in the film, I love it all. And I, I laugh at some of the gags in the film. I just wish it was a better film.
1: Get behind and,
2: that comment. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much it. Uh, nothing major to recommend. It was kind of a disappointing week for me in terms of the films I watched. Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. I do have one more recommendation. I do. Cedar Rapids. You guys ever seen Cedar Rapids?
0: Yeah, oh. I saw that. It was pretty good. I like it. Helms. Yeah. Ed Helms. Yeah, yeah. Ed Helms.
2: Ed uh, Helms. John C. Riley. and Heche. Back from the Dead. Uh, 2011 film. This is when. And I was thinking about this. This is after the crash of 08 and stuff, and Hollywood started making more of these, like, Midwestern-focused, like, hey, we understand you, America. Like, a, uh, Gus Van Zandt's uh, movie, The Promised Land, with yeah. Matt Damon and John Krasinski. Yeah. This is all around that time, I swear. There's, like, a few of these films. It's like, we get you, America. We're with you. <laughs> it's weird. And it's actually it's a good movie. I like it. It's, it's funny. Uh, it has some interesting parts that keep you intrigued enough and... Stephen Root's in it, that's always a good time. So I think Cedar Rapids is a solid film that I would like to recommend to you if you have not seen it. And I also made me think of what are the best movies about a business conference? Because <laughs> it's about an insurance I'll, I'll, conference, basically. Right. So. <laughs> and the only <laughs> one oh, I could well. think of, Travis, was Big Kahuna. That's the only other yeah, one I was uh, thinking <laughs> the, be-
0: the beginning of uh, old school, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's
1: good. That'll work. Okay. got nothing. Yeah. What a weird not,
0: question. It's just, yeah, there's not a lot of movies about Very slim subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. There
1: it is.
2: That's our <laughs> turn on your hot All right. That's our quarantine viewing picks for this week. Thank you for paying attention and giving us your time. Don't forget, cinema9pod. Like cinema uh, we have Instagram page. We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter handle. You can really access us anywhere. If you feel more comfortable on a specific social media platform, by all means, join us there. We haven't had an
1: email in like four months, so uh, do <laughs> a favor. You're not supposed
2: to say that. Mom, Yeah, oh, it's, sweet, true. yeah it's true. Please. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no emails. Uh, I will say, though, if you want to watch these... Or, and you don't want to just do the audio, you can always check out our YouTube channel where all of these are posted. So just type in cinnamon iPod and uh, you can sit down. If you're you know, having some coffee and you want to look at us for some God awful reason, then by all means, they're there. They are there. I, I know Travis, but this is what people do. They're weird. I've officially lost touch with like mainstream pop culture. Now it's over. We do not understand <laughs> it anymore.
0: Well, one of my favorite things about getting older is just more and more I'm unaware who, of who celebrities are. I'm like, I know it's really Was happening. It JFC twigs or something. I'm not <laughs> sure. I, there I'm seems not to be sure. a lot
2: of uh, acronyms and like always. Yeah. If there's a song there's that's a new, it's always there. featuring somebody with like a couple of letters. It's very and, strange.
0: Like, like someone's birthday or like someone died or something. I'm like, fuck, if I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is true, man. It's it's just a part of the uh, American that's culture. Great. It's part of our society. Yes, Let's I will again. say though. Uh, I was doing this thing where we had to pick a song from 2020 and part of like this, uh, music thing. And I was like, Oh my God, uh, I I'm in trouble here. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't have a lot to go on and I felt like an asshole. I really did. But,
0: uh,
2: yeah, I, 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 I could I, name I, like
0: I, one record recording artist from the you know past 10 years.
2: <laughs> I looked up the NPR top 100, uh, songs of 2020 I had it was just nothing. I got none of it. I just kept going. I'm like, come
1: on! I gotta get one of these. I couldn't believe it. It was awful. Yeah, I spent the enti- I spent I watched an entire season of this show. Forgive me. I don't know why I'm saying this. The Masked Singer, and then fi- I'm like yeah. rooting for this one particular creature the entire season. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know it's him. I know it's him. They finally unveil it. I have no fucking clue who this celebrity <laughs> even is.
0: Forty and white. Forty and white. Who the fuck are these people? Forty and white. Ba-ba-ba!
1: <laughs> I said
0: coffee!
2: That's right. It's time to get into it. It's time for our main event. This bout is scheduled for one fog. Yes. With a monsoon. Yes, yes. there you go. DBS, oh, the million-dollar man, and Vince McMahon are here. It's going to be a total debacle. Thanks, Mike. Yes, now I'm back in. Yeah, you know, I'm into the early 90s wrestling. I can't uh, hide from that. But it's time for us to talk about Does It Hold Up? 2005 film called History of
0: violence. You bust up a made man's place. You kill some of his guys. You take his eye. Jesus, Joe, you took his eye. Barbed wire, wasn't it? That's disgusting. You always were the crazy one. Not anymore. Yeah, I heard. You're living the American dream. You really bought into it, didn't you? (laughs) You always were a problem for me, Joey. When mom brought you home from the hospital, I tried to strangle you in your crib. (laughs) I guess all kids try to do that. She caught me, whacked the daylights out of me. Itchy.
1: I'm here to make peace. Tell me what I gotta do to make things right.
0: You could do something, I guess. You could die, Joey.
2: This was a selection by Eric Branstrom, and it's a movie directed by David Cronenberg, starring guess who? Our buddy, right Big there, Viggo. Viggo. How sweet of him! What a sweet man. He could never hurt anybody look at
1: that. What an earnest poet. haircut!
2: <laughs> yeah, look at him. He yeah, he's so dedicated to his family. He
0: doesn't even comb his hair. So. Is
1: that dedication? <laughs>
0: I'm pretty yeah. sure that, yeah, my
1: family, I love my wife and kids.
0: I'm pretty sure he's like the kind of guy that his jeans have that gold stitching on the side. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like he's uh, definitely yeah. a gold stitching jeans guy. Oh,
1: he got swoop, leaky, yeah. whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. <laughs> he lives he in Indiana.
0: Yeah, he does.
2: He lives in Indiana. He wears Wranglers, probably not Lee jeans. Uh, uh, anywho, yes. So we're going to talk about does it hold up or not? That's what we do every week on the show in case you've never listened or viewed us. And Travis, take us back in time, man. 2005. This is, wasn't like 25 years ago. It was 15 plus years ago. Did you see this movie in the theater?
0: I should have thought about this before you asked cuz I always <laughs> you always ask, but I can I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. I don't think I did. I know I saw it pretty early. I like I'm not one, like I consider myself a Cronenberg fan, but um I'm not, not as hardcore I, as look though, dude. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare to presume. Um <laughs> Compared, I mean, to, to a, there's still like I've never seen Rabbit. There's some, like some of his earlier stuff I've have still not even seen, um, but like I saw Existence, which was the first movie <laughs> saw, uh when it was new, and I was like, this is so fucking like I was like, you know, I was this is so weird. You know, Did the have Elizabeth shoot um,
2: Existence just reminds me of the Rounders videotape we had at the dump. It was always on the. Existence. It was one of the previews yeah. when we put the tape on.
0: Existence.
2: <laughs> I can always I can just see it right now. I never saw it, but
0: that's all i know about it well i i liked it i saw it when it was out and i kind of like followed uh you know Cronenberg off and on so i definitely saw this when it was new um and uh was very impressed by it watched it many times since and it had not i mean i, I would i would say i watched it it hadn't been in the past year since i watched it but it'd been maybe two or three years since i've seen it, it had been that long
2: Nice. I got a solid lock on this one. That's well done. Eric Brasham, I know you saw this in the theater. You're really excited about it.
1: When I first saw this at Brighton Cinema in 2005, I literally considered, I think me and the great Steve Voskowski front of the show saw it. We seriously considered going right back in and just watching it again. The entire film's an exercise in brevity at like 95 minutes, I think, so... And it's, it's it's so good. Yeah, I almost just went right back in the theater. I watched it several, several times since. Got me back into David Cronenberg. Check out some of his, even before, like, fucking, like, video drama and that shit. Watch yep. it. I think you might like a, a film called The Brood, Uh, Travis. Yeah, I need it's to see that like one. Evil, evil Little Children. It's really fucked up. You might yeah, like that.
0: Emo? on my list. Um, but it's funny. You know, it's, 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 it's 95, 96 minutes long or whatever. And, like, yeah. every time I see that, I'm amazed because I'm like, it feels like it's shorter. Yeah. It, <laughs> It somehow it really feels like it. it's like it's like an 80-minute movie. Yeah, Bizarre. it
1: really does. And it's one of these that, you know me, in long movies, it's right. one that I think could absolutely des- deserve and maybe even warrant another 30, 40 minutes. But I, I do like its trim nature. Oh,
2: I have a lock on mine. It's so great when I can truly recall the exact memory, and I got this one locked in. I rented it, and I got it delivered in the mail through my Blockbuster online account. No. Oh. In 2006, when I lived at Henry Street in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Henry Street is cool. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan pissed his pants there. People got drunk there. We had a good St. Patty's Day there once. That was fun. Uh, yeah. Nice picture of me and Travis in the kitchen. That was fun. fun uh, yeah, fun. So, yeah, I rented it online and I, I popped it in and I was like, whoa, this is an intense film. And I was like, cool. And, uh, I was glad I rented it. It was a positive experience for me. I remember it had an impact, and I definitely have watched it many times since, not like every year, but it's had plenty of viewings. And I'm not trying to give away anything yet there. I'm just telling you what life was like for me prior to this viewing. So we'll see what happens. No, oh, right. I'm not leading you guys on anywhere yet. This could go in any direction. Of course, we always take a look at what the outsiders say, or the professionals, if you will. I don't know what Boy. you want to call them, but, you know. Big Des? Uh, What's Big
0: Des have to say?
2: Oh, we'll get there. You know that. No, uh, please, I think he was <laughs> I, I think he was still active in two thousand five. If yeah, I'm correct. Or, yeah, I think so. Uh, so did you guys look up the score on MDB, or anybody care to get a guess? Let's nope,
1: nope. uh, say six point six. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna say 7.7. 7,
2: 7. Well, you went over. It's seven four. Solid, solid score with 224,000-plus uh, reviews, which leads you to believe that this movie has been viewed by a decent amount of the population. Mm-hmm. And now, Rotten Tomatoes, you know, A History of Violence is a film that some people wouldn't watch because the title says violence. It's scary, but 87% of the critics loved it. 87 That's yeah. a high praise. I think this is a big oh, yeah. critics' film, a pro-critics' film probably. Uh, but the audience was seventy six. wasn't as into it as the critics, but it's still not that far off. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it's not like it's a a night or anything. But as far as critical review, you know, we got a lot of people saying positive things. Like we said, overwhelming positive critical feedback. A lot of people saying things like, "Hey, the violence that enters the character's perfect domestic existence is permanent, and each act reveals truths about the people who use it and the audience who enjoys it." okay what does that mean Any minute?
1: it sounds like it was late and he his review was due in like five minutes and he jumped
0: <laughs> too much wine the review way
1: too much wine the review here's a way too much wine
2: the review here's a guy we've never had a kurt loader from mtv
1: oh yeah kurt. <laughs> mtv <laughs> news <laughs> chimed in what's yeah, the and soren think about this
0: shit kurt loader though whatever you're gonna say you gotta say it later <laughs> okay I'm Kurt
2: Loader for MTV News, a strange David Cronenberg movie, and not in the usual audaciously morbid way. A brooding, contemplative picture that's tough, tight, and masterfully controlled.
1: Now we're going to play the okay. video for Smells Like Teen Spirit 20 times in a row.
2: Stay tuned to MTV News for the latest on anything important. I don't know. I don't know how to Here's do Kurt Kennedy or...
0: with some bullshit.
2: Matt Pinfield. Let's send it over to Poly Shore live at spring break.
1: Dan Cortez.
2: Oh, man, yeah, oh, Dan yeah. Cortez. <laughs> Jolly Green Giants. Step off, George. <laughs> uh, this one's called, uh, I'm going to read this because this guy's from Lessons of Darkness. I don't even... <laughs> Nick Shager. Nick Shager from Lessons of Darkness, and it has a red star for top critic, by the way.
1: Oh, well, in that case. Pro... Is this like a struggling Satanist website?
2: I don't know. I'm curious, though. Anthony um, LeVay is like.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> probes, are, probes are intrinsic attraction to violence with caustic incisiveness. Very simple.
1: nobody has got a thesaurus.
2: <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Uh, Jim Emerson of RogerEbert.com says, The film based on a graphic novel has a crackling sense of visual tension. Wow.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I forgot this was based on a graphic novel, and the direction is so sparse and unique that it's almost you can almost see the panels while you're watching the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: you don't. You, you do get a sense in a few places, and I don't know that it's. Great to be honest, that <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, when, but sometimes when you watch a movie where you're like, Yeah, they clearly had like all of what do they call it? Like, um, they, in the in the screens before, like, the, like the pr- in pre production, they like they do storyboards. like storyboards, oh, storyboards. Thank you. That's that's what I was groping for. Like, they, they basically had all the storyboards made from him in advance yeah. and then just shot that. Now, I've not seen, I've not read uh, History of Violence and I don't have like I don't think it's that harsh of a criticism, but like, and yeah, it's this, a list of cocktail, you're right. <laughs> so but so there's a so there's a uh um i'm in a couple places where you're like yeah it feels like kind of comic booky not ang lee hulk comic booky but you know a little bit
2: yeah there's definitely some deliberate intent related to the uh, source material uh richard roper said this is his most mainstream effort yet but he's got those cronenberg touches of violence it doesn't glorify the violence it's not gratuitous it's sudden it's shocking it's not gratuitous okay well
0: it's not uh, gratu- i mean not every movie is going to give you like lots of movies going to give you like the headshot, but not, not all of them are going to give you like the half a face gasping on the floor <laughs> shot you know like not every movie feels the need to take you there <laughs> <laughs> i said coffee
2: <laughs> yeah coffee doesn't go so well and here he is dessin thompson ladies and gentlemen Packed inside David Kronenberg's latest film, which presents itself as a gift wrapped 'em up entertainment, is a sobering reflection on our culture's attitude towards violence.
1: Whew. You gotta love Des. Not bad. That
2: was a reasonable Desmond review, I think. so.
0: I mean, like, the reason, like, we make jokes about why we like him so much, because it's just funny, but in truth, the, the guy's usually pretty insightful. I would concur.
2: So anyway, yeah. So this is a movie. Uh, you know, it's got people in it. It's directed by Cronenberg, and, and that's it. I, that's I think that covers it. <laughs> it was show. I was thinking about this whole like this guy doesn't know who he is. So so what do we what do we take from this? What I want to get you guys' feedback on. Hey, I don't. I tried to bury myself in the past, but I know who I am. But I'm trying to sell it so hard to you. Like it, it's really hard to forget yourself. Like you can't just forget a life. I don't care what he did. He says he goes out to the desert or whatever for 3 years to try to become Tom Stahl. but I, I had a hard time with like him trying to forget this past.
1: Particularly this latest viewing for me, he spends a lot of the time uniquely earnest and I buy into him as as being Tom Stahl. as Tom Stall. I have more of a hard time as as when he kind of becomes Joey at the end, because he does it so, so casually. I mean, he's driving to Philadelphia. Like he's on his way to fucking get like some
0: Wendy's. Like, (laughs) well, that's the point I think in in a way is that Joey's never been gone. He's just, He's right there. But he is Joey. He is Tom. He's always like, you can't pretend. Well, you can talk about yourself in the third person all you want. It doesn't divide your past into two different people. He he slips into that behavior easily because it's still him. And, and the three years that he spent pre- becoming Tom and, and killing uh, Joey, that was just like, you know, it's, you tell yourself. Everybody does things where they tell themselves things like, you know, like sure. you're going to like, I'm going to whatever, like I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to be successful at my job. And you're like, you're you're like, you're, I'm gonna feel differently about my religion, whatever. And like, and you can like force change in yourself, and that happens. And then he meets a good girl that gives him even more reason to like stay motivated, like that. And he becomes in touch with the genuine good nature in him, and like, and it's no longer a performance. That's simply who he is. But he's still Joey, so it doesn't take much of a nudge for him to like just be himself.
2: Okay, that's an interesting point. Yeah, you're right. He is. You're always going to be who you are, no matter how much you try to bury the past. You're still, it's still in you. And I wonder, is Kornberg trying to make this message about violence finds violence? Because the guys, the beginning scene is beautiful. I really like it a lot. It's so deliberate and eerie. Well shot, yeah. Really well shot, yeah. That, you know, driving up the car to the front. I like that tracking shot. I think it's cool. that they go inside and you find out there's chaos. And then he fucking shoots a fucking kid.
0: And there's is that like that's bad enough, but like they're so sinister that like I'm gonna go check out. And they're so fucking casual about yes, it. Like makes
1: them creepier.
0: And it makes them creepier. It totally does. They're so casual about it. And then when the other dude goes in the first, all right, when the when the when the younger guy comes out, he straightens the um he straightens the lawn chair in front of their uh, room mm-hmm. which is so weird and then and then when they when he goes inside like he flicks a cigarette butt here have my dna i don't give a fuck goes inside just touches yeah he's touching everything, everything. Just yeah touching yeah. everything like these guys just don't give a fuck and like they're so that i mean like that what's like they are the scariest part of the movie and i'm always a little bit sad that they die so early yeah and because mean, they're terrified
1: and you get this you get even with like what two three lines of dialogue this little history of the two characters and the dynamic and Cronenberg doesn't have to spoon feed it to you. Yeah. It's just very subtle. Yeah.
2: When I first watched this movie, I thought they were part of the mob. And now I realize yeah. that's not what, no, they're just these two, like, two road killers. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And they I just, just roll don't... into town and, like, you know, violence just stumbles into his life. Yes. And he has to, like, deal with it.
2: Right. So that's what Cronenberg's, like, saying, like, Joey, you can get rid of Joey all you want, but this fucking violence is going to find you. It's just kind of a magnetized type of, of, I don't know, sense of violence. Violence begets violence, blah blah blah. I I wish that maybe they just cut that part out entirely. Because I don't I don't know if it needs to be in the film because it just leaves me wanting more, what like you said.
0: You know? So what well, part? I are you, mean, it's- you mean like the the two killers is cut that yes. out entirely? Yeah, well, for, like for one, they're the catalyst of the whole movie. Um, and for two I, f- I find them super compelling and really solid act I do too I do too um it's 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 again like it's it's I, I mean so the first act is probably the best act second act is maybe the second best act and then the third <laughs> act is the third best act Uh-oh. um well I mean I don't know the second act is maybe it, it's it's possibly better than the first act I mean the, the first but the first act and the second act are really really strong and uh and part of the reason the first act is so strong is because of those guys so you take them out and to me i feel like you know you've, you've kicked the, the you know you've kicked it out from you know the feet out from underneath the movie
2: okay that's fair Ooh. i also was thinking about uh
1: Ed Harris. Did you guys
2: watch that video? I said
1: anybody. <laughs> yeah. There's no context. Video? He just fucking flips out. I don't know. I don't know I why he's it. an intense dude. I've seen interviews with him. He gets very intense. Oh yeah. yeah he, bang on the, the table. And stuff. Bizarre.
2: Yeah. It's from TIFF, the Toronto international film bizarre. festival. Oh yeah. It's a press conference for the, this movie. And they're asking him questions. All of a sudden, he says, bang on the table, throwing a glass behind him. And it's just like, all right, that's it, everybody. It's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, this is
0: a guy who idolizes Jackson Pollock, right? I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, Yeah, but that's how,
2: a fair point.
0: I mean, how, to me, it's always baffling that William Hurt was the one nominated uh, for this because I think Ed Harris is really fucking fantastic in this movie.
2: Of course he is. It's fucking stupid. It is... this. This nomination is the textbook definition of, like... Hollywood propaganda, like selling and promoting, trying to get someone nominated because it's so not deserved, in my opinion, at all.
1: I mean, I, I'm i so entertained by Bill Hurt in this. But if you take away like the atmosphere created solely by David Cronenberg and this wonderful script, this character Richie might as well be in like Mickey Blue Eyes. I mean, <laughs> it's like Doofusville, Wisconsin and like very cheesy and just like weird and dumb. And yet the nomination comes through
0: it's, it's, it, to me, it's not even so much that like it's not a super worthy performance in, in that it's it's so jarring when, when you have Ed Harris's performance in the same movie. like if if Ed Harris wasn't in that movie and then hurt got nominated I'd be like, oh, that's kind of like he must have made someone happy that way that year. But like to have Ed Harris like just like putting like Ed Harris is a great actor. And this yes. is maybe, I mean, arguably, I think this might be the best performance of his career. It's certainly in the in the top three, and uh, and for him to not and to not get nothing, like it just seems, you know, it's like what the fuck is going on here?
2: He sets the tone for the darkness and the brooding kind of intensity. That I mean, sure, the guys who were the killers at the beginning, they're definitely setting a tone too. But he, he's so likable, almost. <laughs> Which is so odd. I, I kind of like this guy. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for this guy. I got fucked up because I I don't know. I mean, if he wasn't trying to kill me, I'd kind of hang out with him. See, he does crosswords. Seems like a pretty intelligent guy, you know, just relaxing in the backseat.
0: like absolute venom to me. He's so scary. The walking
1: pestilence.
0: Yeah. When the, when the cop comes up to him, it's like trying to like kind of like lean on me. He's just like so like fucking unconcerned, like rolling the window. up. like, I don't care. I'm a fucking murderer. I murder. Have a day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's the whole that's the whole reason I love his character and that chunk, because, again, Cronenberg, he doesn't need to, like, spoon feed this. They just it's on the news. So they just arrive and things start going down. It's not there's not this big thing out of it. You'll notice there's not a huge Howard Shore score in the background. It's just what would happen. They show up because they saw it go down and they say, get in the car. We're going to fucking deal with this. It's not this yeah. triumphant orchestral narrative. Well, no, no. Of it's Howard just a
0: Sorry, but speaking of Howard Shore, what do, what do we think of this score? I mean, like Howard Shore tends to overdo things, and I felt like he—you're right, Eric. I mean, he—he he didn't here. He actually was pretty no, restrained. Didn't. You're
2: right. Uh, it's almost it, it's it's weird to like, Tim.
0: <laughs> it does
2: seem odd. When I saw his name pop up on the screen, I was like, Did Cronenberg seek him out for this particularly, or did someone like force him to take him on or something? It seemed odd to me. It, it was odd to see his name on the screen.
0: It, yeah, it's. I mean, like it, the performances. I mean, like the, the music is is not. Bad. It is a little no. overwrought, like his stuff usually is. Certainly but-
2: not memorable, but maybe it's not
0: trying to be. Cronenberg
2: wouldn't. I don't think Cronenberg would want that to be the case either, though. The mm. way he does things. It's
0: an inter- interesting
2: team up. I
0: wouldn't have. I wouldn't yeah. have ever expected it.
2: I agree, but I think they they worked
0: well together, and oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I got no fine.
2: beef with it. It's rock solid. No, but no, I wanna, yeah, I agree. It does work, but I want to ask you guys about the fact. That Joey is supposed to be this hardcore motherfucker, right? <sighs> right. Yes. And yeah. And they, like, they just kind of casually, like, ease into the situation. When when Fogarty and the crew arrive, they're just like, hey, man, all right, hey, give us some coffee. Oh, you're not Joey? Okay, we'll see you later. And they start <laughs> following around and being annoying. Follow the daughter around to the mall and, oh, don't forget your shoes. <laughs> you know? And, and then, like, they finally kidnap the son and bring him up. It's like, hey, look who we found, which I love, by the way, these buddy-buddy with that guy. It's so funny. <laughs> it's such a dumb shot. Hey, all right, kid. Oh, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And. Yeah. But this is a hardcore motherfucker, and they know that. But they're still, like, being kind of... I'm, like, I would be, like, trigger-finger, like, freaking out. Like, this guy is someone we cannot give any breaks to. We can't be lenient with in any way. And they are in that situation. And I find that to be a problem.
0: I, I agree, but I, I do have a, a little bit of a counterpoint, which is that I think that they overplay their hand when it comes to threatening his family. Um, I think that they get real cozy and comfortable thinking that he's not going to pull any shenanigans because of his family. The kids are right there. The wife's right there. Like he's, he's not going to do anything. In fact, he'll come quite peaceably with us and so peaceful peacefully that I can turn my back on him because I trust that he's not going to do anything to endanger his family. But actually he does when he makes the choice to, to, to kill them there. Like he doesn't know that Jack's gonna step up and save his life. Like he and like pretty much things would have gone real south. You think his family and kids would have survived that afterwards? You think they would have yeah. left them standing? Fuck no! It was a terrible call not to go with them. <laughs> Either you go with them in the car and you kill them later, or you let them kill you, and you don't put your family in that position.
1: I and never th- thought about that, yeah. Travis. You're right, and Mike, I I agree that if this was the real fucking Irish mob, knowing what they know about Joey. They wouldn't have telegraphed their appearance like that. Tom would have walked out of his restaurant and a bag would have went over his head or stuffed him in the car and not even fucking played any games. It is odd how they try to convince him to go.
2: Yeah. Your point's fair, Travis, but yeah, that's a good point too, still. Both of them. I see both.
0: Yeah, and ultimately for Richie to call him up and be like, hey, come see me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all you had I'm to my drugs. I mean, like I mean, he had to be pushed against the wall where he would be like where he had like it's That's like, okay, the whole thing but. too.
1: And that's why I agree the third act, while super fucking entertaining, great fight sequence, mm-hmm. is kind of like a big question mark for me. It there's not much tent you got Richie who's not that intimidating or scary as a villain as he should be, in my opinion. And you got Tom casually just like, oh, well, oh, well better go deal with this. I'm like, he's going to go back to Coles and return some jeans that don't fit. There's not much time. Stop by Costco on your way back, Tom. You know what I mean, though? There's not that much time. Like, you watch something like The Godfather when Michael Corleone's in the restaurant. And he knows what he has to do. Doesn't really want to do it. He's got to kill, you know, Salieri, whatever it is. Yep. There's so much tension. He he has to do something. He doesn't want to. He doesn't know if he's capable of it. And he does it. And you, you can't handle this. Thing. This might as well be going to Coles to return some pants,
0: dude. If you want tension, I said
1: coffee. That's there tension. You go.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with you. This is partly like, why I do have some issues with the third act, and, and I always have. Like, it just kind of – I mean, it doesn't happens. slump. It is it is still good, but it's a little anticlimactic because by the time he gets in the car and starts driving there, you're like, well, you like, okay, so he's going to go there, and he's going to fight the guy, and he's probably going to win. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, happens. Yep. that's what happens. That's the game. Right. Yeah, wrap so it up. It, so, yeah, so, like, the last half hour or so is, like, you know, there's there's not a lot of surprises in there. Now, I do think that um, we can I, – I think that, like, I think that John Wick, for instance, might be a little bit influenced by by Tom Stahl. Oh. Um, I think that there's some stuff going on there. Uh, I can't remember when Born Identity was. That was more like 2001, I think, right? But, yeah. um, but still, there's something going on here that, like um, – while the action sequences were would maybe not be as thrilling as they were, like they were a little bit more exciting than some of the moves that he pulls and like the yeah. ways that he turns things around on them and, and, and kills like, he's you know, so good at killing people, Joey. Um, like <laughs> uh, it's, it's a little less thrilling after seeing movies like John Wick, but like there's, but like, I think that there is an influence there. You
1: bring up two really good comparisons because in both of those, there's internal conflict about who those characters want to be in the present and, Who they have to come to terms with their their past. Here, Tom doesn't really have to resurrect Joey in order to do what he needs to do. It's just, he's like, all right, better go deal with the situation. (laughs) Let's
2: talk about. the high school storyline, you yeah, know, with the child, okay. the, the, the son, and the bully. He hits that fly ball, the deep right field, and the kid caught it. You piece of shit. You caught the ball
1: I hit. You're fucking dead. Now, it's
0: not That's- even like a, like a game game. It's like a it's a gym game. It's a nothing i know. game. Jim.
1: It's, it's like period. It's more right. racket sports
2: and Miss fucking Jagfeld's class beating off. Nobody gives a shit. And God. I love
0: that, like, the bully's name is Bobby. Of course your Perfect. name is Bobby. Perfect. Yeah, it's got to have an yeah. E on it. Yeah, and,
2: but yeah, I buy that.
1: Kronenberg's but... <laughs> idealized Americana, like threat in America's high schools. <laughs> Bobby's so, trying to fuck you.
2: Is this just another parallel of the storyline? It's like, well, the son who's going to be a vengeful and kind of violent reckoning of his own father, but doesn't know it yet. And he's coming to that point. Or is it more of just like, hey, you know, he was always a sweet boy, but you're violent. Tendencies, even if you try to get rid of them or not show them in any way, they still reveal themselves.
0: Well, what do you, what do you think of this? Because let me ask you a question and to answer your question, what do you guys make of his first of Jack's first reaction to Bobby and his buddy harassing him, like his conflict avoidance avoidance? The F word gets thrown around around a lot there, and obviously that's very ugly. But, but that's um, that's what they would do, though. I'm not. Surprised. It is realistic for high school, sure, um, but. Regardless of that, like, what do you think of his of, of how he handles that situation? Is it is it the right call, or is he cowardly, or what? What do you think?
2: I thought he's trying to defuse, not be cowardly, and trying to accept his place. Like, there's maybe there's a bit of fear, and he's obviously overwhelmed because everyone's against him. But I I think it was like almost too methodic and too mature for the kid that he's supposed to be. <laughs> like the dialogue would almost seem like it came out of an adult. Yeah. That wanted a teenager to say that for once, but I didn't know if I bought it, but
1: a bit too clever, but I see that they're trying to make a point that sometimes there has to be violence in order to handle the situation. But yeah, for me it's just a little too clever and there's not much of a threat. He seems like he can already handle himself. So if well, you that's have a boy cool. in a movie, you gotta have the kid not be able to handle himself off well, the bat.
0: I think that's part of the point is that he can handle himself in a way. Like yeah. I like it's he swallows his pride. And and kind of, but like, ends up making them. Make, everyone laughs at the bullies, and he actually handles the conflict avoidance really, really well, and mm-hmm. uh, and and comes out on top, and nobody gets hurt, and he doesn't get in trouble, and everything's fine. And he does that in part because he's his father's son, and like, as soon as he like his father like does what he does at the diner, like everything changes for Jack, and suddenly you know he and 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 all Tom did was. Protect himself and the people that he worked with and cared about. Yeah, um, Charlotte. He, he
2: saved Charlotte's life. Right. He wasn't was so happy he, about that.
0: He wasn't Charlotte. being um, like he, you know, he wasn't being. Uh, he was violent, but he, but he wasn't like en- enjoying the violence. And, but then Jack immediately, like he, you know, he gets carried away and he's like making Bobby bleed on the floor and stuff. So like, there's definitely there's something going on here about like, you know, once again, a movie about fathers and sons and um
1: Blue, and father and son. And
0: we do it all. But the,
1: <laughs> his reaction there, Travis, it doesn't work. Bobby just gets more pissed. So while we can <gasps> – while his you know comments to him are admirable as a way to turn the other cheek, it doesn't work. Yes, it does.
0: Well, he, they Bobby, don't fight the first time. What are you talking about?
1: But Bobby plans to kick his ass, quote, unquote, later. I mean, oh, it's yeah. not done. The, the oh, yeah, I love that when it's they
2: pull true. out and then it's they true. run into the two serial killers and they're, like, instantly it's so terrified. Like, I, I love it. I mean, it was a little unrealistic that somebody had that an instant like, effect. Yeah, I don't want to know. Let's get out of here. I, I like quick, the but...
1: storyline. Especially, I like the portrayal from uh, the poor kid's Jesse Eisenberg. I haven't seen him since, but he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, my problem is... Poor kid's at, Jesse <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem for me is, after all this goes down and the fight happens, he sends the kids to the hospital, the kid kind of checks out of the story. Like, we don't really get a reaction from... Like, when all is said and done, like... Yeah, that's
2: enough. You know, like, we got the gist.
1: Do you think so? Like, they're, yeah. they don't, they're not scared of him. They don't admire him for what he did. There's there's nothing really said there about the, the consequences of what he did. This is a good
2: time, by the way, to bring this up as candidate for white people the movie. Uh, there's absolutely <laughs> Nothing no.
1: will ever be dead poet society.
2: This is close. I mean, this is certainly Indiana white bread <laughs> festival, so uh, it's up there. I think it's By up the way, there. The high I school li- is
1: completely white,
2: which it probably yeah. would be because this is Indiana. Indiana sucks. Right. I mean, no I mean, offense. I've uh, got four uh, black
1: yeah. students. I live in Indiana in a small hey! town, so times have changed. But, but I also live in a small town in Indiana, and we have more than just one cop.
0: <laughs> Do you know his first name? Yeah, Sam. Uh, come on I over. Have a piece of pie. Well, problem, I can't so call so. Sam so Pie we is have, a big
2: part of this movie by the way
0: <laughs> so we it's haven't talked hard. about maria bello we haven't talked about um the relationship between them two uh yeah mike is oh, immediately done with this Here because, because the, the, you know the, the the beating heart of the movie just bores was, mike to death apparently
2: it does i'm just not a fan of her work i don't know something about her is like whatever well, she okay, tries so you know, too like, hard
0: I, I i i like her in the movie and i like her work I, I like her as an actor but remove that from the situation what about the, I mean, like, forget about her performance. What about, like, the role that she plays and all that? Like, I mean, like, she, it's, it matters to the story, right?
2: Well, tell me what or that you, role is.
0: Well, I mean, uh, to me, it's a really great love story. Um, I, I, I buy their love. I buy the, um, the fact that she feels like she really knows him okay let me let me get down to really where I really want to go with this there's okay. two of the most graphic sex scenes in cinema history that I can think of I mean there's fucking 69 in this movie and yeah. you don't get that in many films let's you be honest with not
2: in mainstream movies yeah. right
0: um and this both of them both of these sex scenes are a tad excessive right like like that's like okay you could have cut any t- cut cut go ahead Vigo get your dick out or put your dick away. What are you doing? You know, like it's things definitely showing his dick. He does it two years later (laughs) and Easter promises. Right. Um, So there's definitely like, uh, there's a little more than needs to be there, but the, the first sex scene I actually think is really, really sweet. I think it really like, um, like it shows a lot about their like both sex scenes show a lot about their relationship i guess is where i'm going with this and like you you get a good sense of like you know she'll lie for him she will stand by his side for like all kinds of stuff and like that 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 final shot between them when they're looking at each other i find that incredibly powerful um if they didn't have that to wrap the movie up with i don't think the movie would work at all um okay but uh yeah, I do think that she, I, I think that these, both of these sex scenes, they show like the, the, the innocence of their, of their marriage originally. And then like, I don't like that he chokes her, you know, the second time, but like when they're on the chair, on, on the stairs, rather, and like it's really, really like rough and tough and graphic yes. again. And, and she fucking just like throws him, like she's so dumb with him. She like throws him off to the side. Like, oh, I'll you. it's like rape fantasy.
2: It is like, it's a rape fantasy. It's set up that way. It looks that way from the third oh. outside viewer. And I don't like it. I, I'm like, why? I, why though? Yeah.
0: It gets a little again. Like I don't, I don't like that he he grabs her by the throat, but he goes to pull away. Like he gets her, like the, he gets basically, he gets her in a position, then he goes to pull away. And like, and then she grabs him by the face and pulls him back in. So it's like, it's, you know, it's very much like, okay, but, but no, you're right. It starts off like you're like, it, it almost, it seems really out of character for Tom, even for Joey, like to be like, uh, like you're mine. I'm going to grab you by the throat and make you do this. Like it's, yeah. I don't, I don't... You want Joey. You're going to get all of Joey. All of like what? Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't care for that either. But um, other than that aspect of it, I do like how it shows that like she will stand by him even though she's fucking really mad at him but she's still she's still going to be in love with him and i think it's really well done
2: yeah when he gets shot at and he's at the hospital after the fogarty situation they have that discussion about even their own fucking name stall where'd Ooh. you get that name stall our kids you know and right, she's right. serious and oh she God. throws up she goes to the bathroom i love that she, it's very honest because yeah. this is the type of truth i mean her world is crumbling we have our own realities if somebody walked in and said you're not Govier, you're like what And I'd be like, oh, my God. And if I was shown proof of that, I'd just like, I don't know what I would do. I'd I'd probably throw up. Yeah, Yeah. right Right on the carpet here. But I I actually fast-forward the sex scenes because I'm like, I don't care. I definitely was like, boop, 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 boop. Any time between them, I'm fast-forwarding. Except that scene when things start to rise, when the tension starts to build up. Then I'm in... I liked, I just didn't like the boring family life. All right, yeah, I've seen this. Set the tone. The family's cool. Everybody's happy. I was fast-forwarding a lot of that. Hey, kid, have a good day at school. Hey, it's just baseball, son. Don't worry about it. Fast-forward, fast-forward, fast-forward. I actually like that stuff.
0: Yeah. I'm, great hey, life.
2: you guys are sick fucks and that's fine. You know, I'm not the sick fuck. So. Why are we sick fucks?
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs>
0: I think you need to turn your sugar mode on. <laughs>
1: Have a hostess cupcake and appreciate the fact that that first love scene is establishing the perfect, the perfect balance of their emotional of bond. It. I mean, the down, so. is like a perfect representation of the balance of their emotional bond. So when that's, forgive me, but juxtapose with the violent sex they have at the end, it's showing you visually the, the breakdown Vision. of the marriage and the characters. I mean, yeah. I think it speaks volumes. Well it's fun. multi-leveled, if you'll excuse the pun, with the stare. I got
2: no beef with that. I just want to get, like,
0: there's, that's just me. That's without his family, what the fuck is at risk here? What, what are we even watching or caring about for? Like, if Well, why not... don't
2: you talk about the kid, then? Because you had some things to say about the, the son and his acting.
0: No, 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 not What's the son. What's going and... on, Dad? No, no, is I that what you are talking, talking about? about? No, I was talking about the little girl that gets shot in the beginning. Yeah, little girl like, oh. yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like <laughs> some, of the, some of the worst child acting we've uh, discussed on this show. We've got a lot of really shitty child acting. But we ripped
1: a lot of child actors on right, this show. That, yeah. But that's
0: why I'm glad that, like, she's a little girl to get shot. <laughs> when she <laughs> hands up <on> the <laughs>
1: potatoes, can we get another take, sweetheart? Jesus Christ, fire this kid. Oh, yeah. I feel like, his little isn't girl,
0: she yeah, somebody,
2: too? Isn't she, like, a current actress? I feel like I recognize her oh, no. face. Yeah, I'll that's Laura that Dern.
0: That's Laura Dern's uh, little clone. Oh. Like, like they spliced her off. Little Dern? Little, little Dern.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. All right. Wow. Okay. So uh, let's talk about yeah. that. Let's get to the Richie and Joey thing then.
1: Hold uh, on, Mike. Can we talk oh. about how three people are killed on Tom's lawn and the sheriff laughs off the circumstance? What happens there? I never noticed this. In like, is last there a cleanup? Days. Do they
2: throw them the in the cornfield shit, or something? The sheriff
1: or? goes to Tom's house. He's like, well, you know, uh. We understand that some shit has gone down, Tom. I need some answers. And he's like, we've been through enough. And the sheriff's like, <laughs> I'll be goddamn. And just leaves. Three <laughs> people are dead. Take care now.
2: You're right. Um, yeah. Hey, thanks for the pie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and agree with you on that. But also, um, for, I, I'm thinking from Sam's perspective, like, this is... <laughs> All right, like for one, the two guys Get like job, the, Sam, the two dead bodies that Tom already killed earlier. This is the biggest thing to ever fucking happen in this town, hands down. And then right after that, three more dead bodies yeah, by the same guests. fucking guy. His cool. son killed, he's killed
1: someone now. Right, who His he's son dead. is
0: a murderer. Well, he probably doesn't yeah. know that. He probably I'm sure that they probably well, tell I'm him.
2: not a murderer, but he's kicking a life now. That's gonna fuck him up forever.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll absolutely but like i'm just talking about from sam's perspective i don't think that he would know that necessarily but at any rate like there's there's three dead bodies from to deal with again and it's and it's the same fucking guy who he just cleared like two weeks ago or whatever a week ago yeah. um, from his perspective like how much easier is it to just be like well these is this cut this is cut drag case like these <laughs> <fucking laughs> guys uh they were threatening him uh, this this is over like please god i'm gonna leave this to the deputy yeah, I let tom stall stop killing people so almost paperwork. No is shit. it
2: so the kid when he kills? I wanted to mention that real quick. The fact that his son takes a life is a huge turning point in that kid's life forever. I don't give a shit. You can't minimize it and you can't reduce it in any way. That's a huge thing. And how, how does it affect him though? Yeah. Just, so this like, goes back the to the what you scene, said a little while ago, Eric. I'm going to give you credit because you said, "What didn't we need more of that he's just cracking story?" Jokes line. with
1: his girlfriend. He's not even affected by this murder.
2: Yeah, that that would just. When it's possible that you can. So, oh, okay, think about the own tragedies I've experienced in my life. Initially, sometimes you're just like, you just continue forward and you don't really absorb it. So, there, it can be a delay and maybe it'll be something. That, short.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: he's there, fucked it's up not, for
0: life. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No argument here. He's not a man but, in the back. He's never going to feel the same about himself.
2: But the fact that he's willing to do it, because not every kid could do that. I don't think it's so cut and dry that, hey, any son would do that for their father to save his life. Yeah. It's a huge, even if you love your father, you're terrified. That kid should be like shit in his pants. But he has the resolve and the steely nerve to fucking do it. And yeah. I'm just curious what you guys think about that. Well,
0: well that's partly anyway. why the, the fight with the with the bully is a necessary scene as well, to see that evolution in Jack. Uh,
1: and I mean, come on, we gotta we got to be all film analytical here and talk about the title. I mean, Joey has a history of violence because he has a propensity for, is that a word? Propensity for yes. violence, whereas the kid doesn't. So it's showing you, you're either going to have a natural tendency towards violence, or it's going to be uh, learned behavior.
0: Well, isn't uh, that's like the whole nature and nurture thing that's like going on here, yeah. though, right? Like, I mean, I think the movie's arguing that like it's more nurture than nature. Hmm. Is it? Hmm. I think so because I mean, you get the, that's what I'm saying. Like he he starts off this movie with conflict avoidance and using his brain to do it and his work. Oh yeah, yeah. You were saying that tone earlier, right? True. That's that's why I'm that's what I'm saying.
2: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if the movie really had a point, or if it just kind of lets things happen. Because sometimes, you know, that's how it goes. Sometimes movies just like, here, you guys, that's yeah. what we're doing here. We're analyzing it and making our own sure. opinions. But, uh, but let's quickly talk about William Hurt and how things go towards the end here. Do we want to give him credit? Uh, do you guys want to kiss William Hurt's ass here? Fucking Thunderbolt Ross dominates and uh, gets an <laughs> Academy Award nomination for 10 minutes of bullshit. Uh, it's not even that good. And I'm going to stand on that hill. I love William Hurt. I love me some body heat. Let's go back. Let's take it back. Old the Doctor. School.
0: Remember The Doctor? Really? Great movie. Um, the Doctor. Holy yeah, a shit. That's good movie. Uh, oh, laser disc? <laughs> probably. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like William Hurt quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean – I, I think that the Academy Award nomination actually casts a a, a a shadow over this performance yes. in a way. Yes. like it, it detracts. Like yes. it makes it makes you more critical. Otherwise, I wouldn't think anything really of it. I'd be like, oh, it's it's good. They brought in this recognizable and talented uh, actor. <laughs> to wrap things up, you know, to to put a cap in this and and make Richie some, you know, like it wouldn't make sense to like not show Richie or have Richie be somebody that like, you know, some first time actor or something like you want, you kind of expect some sort of big bad. (laughs)
2: That's great, dude. That's a perfect, I couldn't have said it better myself. Eric, anything to add to that?
1: I mean, it's a humorous performance at a time where the film doesn't so much need humor and oddness, but, more tension and some seriousness to resolve this conflict. So
0: you don't like it? Well, <sighs> most
1: I'm this most recent viewing. I'm entertained by it and I think it's humorous, but I think it's the wrong direction for the film. I,
0: I do like the keys. I like the I like that whole key moment where he realizes that he's been locked out of his own house and like he doesn't even try the knob because he knows how his house works. He knows that it's automatically locked. He's a fucking mafioso. He doesn't just leave his doors unlocked. So he's like scrambling to get the keys out and then like immediately like. <laughs> and like but and like you know they, they pressed foreheads together earlier and then he shoots him in the forehead. It's like eh. Yeah, and
1: and it's got it this is. weird humor to it. It's almost comical again where it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um it reminds me a little bit of out of sight, that last you know, that last part in the house. Oh where yeah. that is and Bob I mean, shoots that, himself
2: in the face trying yeah, to walk that, up the stairs, and
1: that's deserved <laughs> because the tone the tone of that entire film is hip and funny. That's not the case with this film. So for that direction, it is a little bit off-putting for me, but
0: still. Yeah, it's it's also kind of humorous the way that he stops the Garrett wire and like, you know, and like, and like Hurt turns around and sees him like, what the fuck? Like, you guys can't handle it. You're right. I mean, it is kind of, it kind of turns into some Keystone cop shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, didn't we do Out of Sight? That was our sixth episode, May 14th, 2020. If you'd like to go back and watch watch or, well, not watch. We just did the podcast. Check it out, Out of Sight, episode number six on our podcast feed, which you can find on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. That'd be awesome. Five stars would be cool. A review would be great. If you love the show, share it with somebody else. There you go. All right. So bottom line is uh, Joey and Richie like to joke about strangling babies and strangling each other as babies, which was weird. <laughs> That's and,
0: another thing that people actually do.
2: Yeah. I think that was exaggerated. Exactly, oh, I hear it's a thing that people do. I'm like, <laughs> no. no, no, Richie. No, I don't Richie. think that is. I never experienced that. But it's time to, it's time to cut the cord here, man. It's time to make a decision on does this film hold up? 2005's a history of violence, chosen by you, Eric Branstrom. You were off last week. Do you want to lead it off this week, or you want to wait?
1: Yeah, you know, I think we. For me, we've got a a, a lean, enjoyable. There's no doubt about it. This movie is absolutely entertaining, uh, thriller. Uh, from a legendary filmmaker for me the heart of the film is its themes of forgiveness and that that comes into play in terms of the Tom Stahl character and his wife Edie that last scene not one fucking word of dialogue you don't need a single syllable of dialogue it says it all I am this person I cannot escape my past can you forgive me am I allowed back into this family can we be forgiven for the awful things we've done in life I don't know. The movie doesn't bother answering it. God bless it for not trying to do so. Uh, we got a really fun movie with a great script. I think uh, Josh Olsen was nominated for an Oscar for his 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 lean screenplay. It's really fun. Um, yeah, it, it's fun. Ed Harris just fucking destroys it. Like I said, he's just this disease that stumbles into town and and demands something from this character. Uh, a fun movie. I still, I still really fucking enjoy it. It holds up for me.
2: There it is. Uh, I'll go next. So, "A History of Violence" is a film by David Cronenberg. In case you didn't catch the beginning of the podcast, and you just happen to be jumping in for some reason, which is not a radio show, so it's unlikely that would happen. Uh, I think, I think this movie is kind of bland at times, which sucks. It kind of drags ass for me. I already explained some of my fast forwarding through some of the happy good times, the Tomstall <laughs> glory days with his family, living life before they all knew who he really was. But still, the tension's strong. Ed Harris is fucking killer. So okay. good. It's like a, it's like a legendary character. I want like a, I want a, I want you, Eric, to do like my a drawing of him, and I want to put it up on a wall in my house. I would love to have that guy with no sunglasses and that fucked up eye. It's a really... It's so many... So much about his character is fascinating and I would love to see a spinoff like the Fogarty Files. You know, that'd be a great show somewhere. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It it was alliteration. Sorry. Um, I I still... I'm still torn. I I, I see the positives in this movie and Cronenberg is a master of... He's not being a moralist in this movie and I get to give him a lot of credit for that and I think that's probably why I'm going to say this movie holds up because he's not trying to shove some type of agenda down my throat. He's giving you things. He's showing you violence. He's giving you scenes. He's giving you repercussions of actions and consequences and things of that nature and the connections between violence and how it can kind of draw itself to other types of violence, which is interesting. So I'm going to say it holds up. Uh, It's still, I don't know, it's a little tough for me still. I still think it's kind of bland at times, but uh, if you ask me today, I'll say this film holds up.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I'd like to bring up one quick moment that I didn't really stress before in the film, which is after Jack shoots Fogarty in the back. And again, with the wordlessness, the, this just exchange of like, where you don't even, he might even be angry with Jack. You know, you don't even know like how he's going to respond. And uh, he holds him in that embrace. It's like, and the look on his face, it's, so there's, there's, there is there's some flaws in this movie, like Bobby's whole performance, for instance. There is some flaws in this movie, but um, there are so many scenes, moments like that that are just transcendent, um, that are just really, really strong. Um, Ed Harris should have been nominated for this. Uh, I, I, I think of uh, his performance in Just Cause um, – I don't know that and, – and, and Just Cause is not half the movie that this is. So I don't know. This really probably is probably the best thing he did. Maybe Jackson Pollock or Pollock maybe. But um, I definitely am going to go and watch some of the more recent stuff because he's he's been working. I've missed a lot of his more recent stuff. I liked him in Run All Night. I thought that was a pretty decent movie. Appaloosa. Yeah, I, I, I still haven't caught that one, so I probably should – well, maybe
1: like did. Places of the me.
0: heart. I think you'd like that a lot. Yeah, so I'm gonna i to have to jump in and, and, and catch on some of what see what Ed's been up to because I think that he's a really, really talented actor in this movie. Reminded me of that. So ultimately, yeah, this this movie, when you when you said that you like we're gonna that you chose this, I was stoked, but also I it was something that I never even considered uh choosing for this podcast because I knew exactly how I felt about it. I feel the exact same as I've always felt about it, which is that it holds up, that it's a hell of a good movie. That's got its flaws. Uh, it kind of, you know, has it dwindles as it goes on a little bit, but god damn, is it entertaining as fuck! It flies by. It's and it's some of the best gore uh, I can think of in a film, uh, and uh, legitimate it, gore. Yeah, just really well done, tasteful gore. <laughs> 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 so oh, uh, yeah, up? There it is. I think
2: is. this this says it best. I said,
1: coffee!
2: I should have just said that. I should have said nothing and just said done that. But uh, I didn't think of it at the time. Anyways, there it is! History of violence, it's in the can, another oh, one in the books, right. 46 episodes of Cinema 9 Podcast. <laughs> oh, We're coming up on cinema. our one-year anniversary. Maybe we'll do a big one-year anniversary show where we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll clip have show. a big party and we'll just kind of, we'll do a clip show. Let's do a clip show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sit on the couch, hey, remember that one time you, uh...
2: <laughs> <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> you could play video on this thing. It would be so dumb. Yeah, we'll just oh, sit in our lounge chairs, drinking yeah. beers, like, uh,
1: <laughs> Hey, check this out. When you lied about not seeing eternal sunshine, that was mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Laskowski, thank you. Great show, gents. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. We love you. Love you, Steve. Glad to know you're out there. All right, Cinnamon IPodcast Podcast or ProTimeMail.com, Cinnamon IPod Pod on all the top-notch, first-rate social media platforms that do not have any negative impact on your own personal health. Don't worry. And not of enough. course, next week's show will be The same thing, episode 47. I will choose a film now, I believe, right? I'm choosing a film, is that correct?
0: You're going to let us know right now, and then two weeks from now we'll have guest host Derek Fern, who we need to touch base with to make sure that he's uh, ready to do this. But uh, that's the order of things.
2: Great. I'm Derek Fern's next. Very, he's going to be awesome. very happy about that. And yeah. uh, I thought, oh, by the way, uh, speaking of guest hosts will be coming up. Steve Paolo, who we talked about, is going to have the show too. He'll be one of the guest hosts after Derek. Uh, he's changed his That's mind. Great. He, he risked, After watching one of our episodes, he changed his mind because he was locked in on... Uh,
1: the Rock. The Rock. He was locked down
2: The Rock, but after watching the Rules of Attraction show, he said it, it made me think about the movies I really, really love, and I don't want to give a fuck about what anybody else thinks. So he made his own list of, like, his top 30, and right. now he's going to reformat it. So I thought that was cool that it oh, made him think. Great. So That's great. Okay. I, I There's no uh, no um, dragging out here. I know exactly the movie that we're going to do next week. And that <laughs> is... <laughs>
1: Bottle Rocket.
2: We're doing oh, Wes it Anderson. It We're great finally great doing call. it.
0: All right. Good call. We had, we, had to, we had to do Wes Anderson at some point, and yeah, this makes sense perfect pick. to be the one. So, good Bottle call. Bottle Rocket. Great. Woohoo! Good call. Yes. Great uh, call. I
2: cannot wait to, <laughs> to break this one down All with right. you guys, because it's so yeah. dumb, but so funny. Uh, it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have a good time next week. We'll do Bottle Rocket, and you can watch the show and follow along with us by watching Bottle Rocket over the next seven days. We would love to have you join us, and you can Listen to the show on all standard podcast platforms. Five-star rating, not just the rating, but the review where it says, Travis, Eric, and Mike are really good at talking about movies. Something like that would be really nice. It it boosts the signal and expands our reach, and we can connect with more people and have more guest hosts on. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have uh, Richard Roper on the show. Who's to (laughs) say? Or Destin Thompson. That would be the ultimate guest. Ultimate dream. (laughs) Yes, Destin is definitely the true that's the ultimate dream, just have Destin Thompson on the show before we die. So all right. I think uh I think that's I it. Think we did it. Great show. Right.
0: I think we should end every show talking about Destin.
2: <laughs> you think you think we should? Really? I don't know if he would allow that though. Like we don't wanna we don't wanna make him sound like he's that cool. I mean he's cool, but he's not like the coolest
0: dude ever. So well I kinda I got his face tattooed on my left shoulder, by <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't like him? I thought, no, I, thought I love liked I would him. love
2: yeah. I love dessert. I'm always about dessert. So, uh good show everybody. Great job. We'll see you guys next week.